And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robinson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today on this NBA Draft Day is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Happy Draft Day. Happy draft Day, everybody. Uh, Best day of the year. This is one of my favorite NBA days of the year, for sure. Uh, whether or not the Thunder actually do anything exciting, it's always an exciting night. Always. Do you have any favorite draft memories that immediately come to mind? I mean, like, honestly, the last few drafts where we've been live with uh, lots of down to dunk people have been all very memorable for me. Um, mm. I do remember the Kevin Durant draft. Um, actually, maybe I remember the lottery more than I do the draft because I just remember how Seattle moved up. And it didn't really mean anything to us at the time, but it seemed cool to me. Um, I definitely remember uh, the T-Ferg draft, which retroactively, like, we were very correct about that, where we essentially just had everybody booing the whole time. <laughs> like, whenever they selected Terrence Ferguson, we were, ch- like, chanting for OG Ananobi, and then they took Ferguson, and then we all booed. And retroactively... We were very correct. Made the right call. On our booing. (laughs) Because it was, dude, it's brutal. There's some good guys. Derek White. I was loving Derek White that night. And he would have been spectacular for this team. Spectacular. Uh, And obviously the OG Ananobi one is the one that you like really, they really missed on. But there were medical stuff. There's medical stuff going around there. Just like there's medical stuff going around about uh, a Kongwu right now. He may He's be, got a foot thing. He might be slipping. He's got a foot. He has feet. We don't know what is wrong with the foot, <laughs> but something is up with it. And and teams are scrambling, Andrew, to get medicals. They're scrambling. What that means is that they are begging his agent for medicals. And the thing is, and this, you know what? There may be hardly anything wrong with a Kongwu. It may just be that Anyeko Kongwu wants to go to a specific team. And they could be sharing the medicals with only the teams he wants to go to. And they just may be saying, hey, yeah, he's fine. We just would like for you to take him. He stubbed his toe. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he just stubbed his toe. He's cool. Uh, <laughs> and maybe they're just like to the Knicks, like, hey, it may be a Jones fracture. We don't know, but we can't share the medicals. And they're like, what? Wait a minute. No, no, no. I mean, or the Bulls or whoever. You know, I don't know who he doesn't want to go to. And there may be something seriously wrong, but there's also there's a lot of gamesmanship heading up to the draft with these guys because they would love to determine their own destinations. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to, but they would love to. Yeah, for sure, especially for a guy like Okongwu, who for the majority of this time has been mocked around the Wizards range, like around pick nine. And then just within the last couple weeks... So many mock drafts have him going number three to Charlotte with the assumption that Wiseman goes at two. Yep. And maybe he doesn't want to go to Charlotte. That's that's very likely. Maybe um, he doesn't want to play with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> hmm? I mean, maybe he doesn't. I mean, that would be kind of cool. There would, there would be a lot of screaming on the court between those two. Yeah. Uh, I wonder... If someone, if you're mocking somebody during the draft, you can't use the word mock 
because when you say a Kongwu is being mocked, you can't you can't make fun of him. You can't. You have to use a different word to make fun of to make fun of. True. Him. One word, multiple uses. You can't. You definitely. It's dicey today of all days. If you're wanting to make fun of somebody, use use different words other than mocked today. Uh, the box of cereal, which I don't know if they're just playing playing to the pot or what they're doing here, but great name. Uh, how high do you see Poku going? I see him not on some mocks, and others have him inside the twenties before our pick. I would assume yeah. he goes before tw- that. He goes in the teens, is what I would assume. However, do you think the Fran Frischilla tweet helped us at all? <laughs> it, it's possible that there are teams that really admire Fran Frischilla. Because uh, that was a pretty devastating tweet of his. <laughs> He didn't. You know, he didn't need to do that. He didn't know. He he didn't. He, that he's being mean to old Poku, man. He's just. He's only a kid. He's just a kid. He's eighteen. Leave him alone. Uh, yeah, I wonder what uh, they're saying. But you just. I mean, honestly, you just never know. And especially with him, you just. He is such a mystery that to say yeah. one way or the other that you know for sure. I just. I don't know how you could. And and Fran, if you if you want to know what he said, if you don't know already. He, Fran Trichilla, of course, very well known as like the international draft guru. Yep. He said, I honestly don't see Pokushevsky helping an NBA team for three to four years. And my Serbian intel on him is not stellar, not touching him. Yeah. And then, and then there was another report out of uh, from David Blatt, who was comparing him to Giannis and basically saying like Giannis had a lot of drive and like, <laughs> athleticism which are two areas that Pokushevsky still hasn't shown anything yeah so there's been some some stuff that could push him down who knows um but it, it was just funny because we really haven't heard anything about this guy and so we've built him up in our our minds everyone has he's he's the drafts mystery man oh yeah and then just within the last couple of days it's like Boom, they're coming for Poku. <laughs> he got too big. He flew too close to the sun. He did. They're trying to take him down now. I mean, there is a chance he falls to 25. There's nice prospects all in that area. Like maybe you like Josh Green more or Tyrell Terry or Desmond Bain or, God forbid, Cole Anthony. You know, maybe that's who you like and you take them instead. And he, there's a chance he falls there. Um, we have a question here from Alex Dawson. If Poku's gone at 25, who do you see the Thunder going for? I mean, I don't know if the Omaladon will last to 25, but I would 100% take him if he's there. Uh, 6'5 guard, long arms, can shoot, can pass. Not the greatest athlete, but he checks a lot of boxes. He's got really good size. He could play next to he could play next to Shea, uh, and he can develop. He's super young as well. He's not even 20 yet. So uh, that's one of my guys. Uh, Leandro Bomero, another guy from overseas, plays for FC Barcelona, will likely play for FC Barcelona at least for another year, if not two. 6'7", can really pass, has potential to be a shooter, uh, really creative player, skinny, skinny guy. But uh, I like I like him a lot as well. So, any anybody that you like in that range, Alex? I still like Isaiah Stewart. You know, I, and I, I now that they have two picks, they did bring him in. Yep. He's already been connected with Thunder. I get that, like spending a lot of draft capital on centers in the modern NBA is not a good idea. <laughs> but I just feel with Isaiah Stewart that he's one of these guys that has fallen pretty much solely because he's a traditional center. Yeah. And 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 you he has a very high floor and he's someone who could potentially grow into like a very good starting NBA center and it's not mm-hmm. flashy, it's not that exciting, but in terms of using even maybe that like 28th pick, I just I like the idea of he's just the one guy where I feel like I know he's going to work out. And oh by the way, you're a big Okongwu guy. I was reading that he destroyed on Okongwu in like every single matchup. Just bullied him. He's a bully. There's no doubt. I like him too. I don't like that he can't jump, but uh, you don't need to jump. He's, 
He's he has a seven four wingspan. He is he is crazy productive. I'll say that, and he's very young. I mean, he was nineteen points, almost ten boards, two point three blocks per game. Uh, he's not a passer, which is another thing that I don't like about him. So I just here's, here's my thing. I just want I just want to bring in a bunch of guys that can pass. It's like that's why I like Maladon. That's why I like Bomero. I mean, that's why I like Pokushevsky too. Like the guy can really pass. So I'm. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Oh, those, mm. And those stats are per 36. So I don't think Isaiah Stewart played 36 minutes, but per 36, 19 points. So I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of uh, of Bomero of Maladon. I wouldn't be mad about Isaiah Stewart. He's also a guy that came in with tremendous pedigree. Uh, into yeah, Washington. and if if he was our only pick, then yeah, maybe I I don't necessarily want him to be our only pick. But now that we have two picks right in that range and assuming they don't move up, which probably is a bad assumption. But then I think you could go for a really high upside guy and then and then get another guy who's basically going to slot in as your future Steven Adams. My guess is that they will swing if they if they indeed stay at 25 and 28, which I don't think is guaranteed. If they stay there, I think double swing, double swing, baby. Wow, double swing. Double swing. I also think that I know people like Kelly Oubre. People are pretty excited. Anytime I mention the possibility of trading Kelly Oubre, I get get a little backlash. But um, there's a chance that they take Kelly Oubre and one of these picks and try to trade up. Uh, I mean, if you took 25 and Kelly Oubre and said, hey, Mavericks, what do you think about this? Would you take this? If you said that to... Even the Magic, would they do that? Uh, the Timberwolves at 17. Would the Timberwolves do 25? I mean, I, presumably, they would. that team wants to be good today. I mean, are they going to be good if they take Aaron Naismith or Precious, Precious Achua or Jalen Smith? Or you get 25 and Kelly Oubre. Obviously, you're going to be much yeah. better. The, the more I was looking, because, you know, I didn't watch a ton of Suns games last year, and I've followed Kelly Oubre, but did not realize, like, how big of a jump he made this past year. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's basically at 19 and 6, shooting 35% from three on five and a half threes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I almost wouldn't want to settle for just moving up to, like, pick 17 or something. Oh, what, what I do mean, you that's, want? That's a valuable asset. I mean... One, he's on an expiring deal. You got to pay him, and it's not, and he's not a restricted free agent. No, he's one of those guys that will probably make a lot of money, and people will be like, "Oh, is that who we want to be paying twenty million dollars to?" I just, to me, if if he has trade value enough to get you into the teens, and you can get the guy you'd like, which. There's lots and lots of rumors and swirlings about the Thunder really wanting Alexei Pokushevsky. So many swirlings. It's it's swirling like crazy right now. Uh, so I would I would say that if they could use Kelly Oubre, and maybe you just trade Kelly Oubre and you keep your other picks. It's like Kelly yeah, that's how. Uh, yeah, you don't have to give another pick. He scored the same amount of points per game as Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, he was good. Like he was legit good. I mean, if you if you called the Timberwolves, I don't know what the trade would be. Gotta... Yeah, they don't. Yeah, their their pick situation is uh, muddled. But I don't know. I'm also fine with keeping Kelly Oubre at, le- at the very least into the season. Yeah, because he he is the type of guy who he could get over 20 points per game easily. Oh, in the current Oklahoma City environment, no doubt. And He's another Converse guy. We would have two Converse guys. <laughs> and what, what if him and Shea were just a really good match? I mean, he's only 24. And people, someone mentioned this on Twitter. And I, and we've talked about it before. Like, you do eventually need contracts. You have to pay someone. Yeah. And if they were able to get him on a decent deal, which the more I think about it, probably not. Because so many teams are going to have cap space next year. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's just going to be at least one team who's going to be willing to pay a 25-year-old wing who's scoring 20 points a game a lot of money. But if you ever could get him for 
a three for 50 deal, I would absolutely do that. But he's probably going to go for more than that. He'll go for more than that. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a huge Kelly Oubre guy. My, my deal is like someone has to, has to score the points and he can score the points, but is he ever going to be even like your number two guy on a championship level team? No, but are they going to be, are they going to be championship contenders within the span of his contract? I mean, the span Probably of his contract is one year, so no. Well, I, yeah, I mean, like if they re-signed him. If they re-signed him. I don't know. I don't know. Because all of their future talent is going to be super young anyways. I, I just, if they decided to keep him, and even if they decided to re-sign him, I don't think it's that big of a deal because who else are they bringing in? Who are they going to be paying money to next year? Steven Adams is coming off the book. They're going to have like... Thirty million dollars committed. They have to pay someone. Well, I and think, why? Why not make it someone like a twenty-year-old wing player? Because you're, you're going to be bringing in all these draft picks. You're not going to be paying them for another three years. You got to pay someone. Let me tell you why. Because you can use that space to acquire assets. Yeah, but at some point, like we we have already talked, we've acquired the largest war chest in NBA history. Yeah. Like at some point, if the assets you're acquiring aren't blue chip assets like obviously if you could trade kelly Oubre for like the number five pick go ahead and do it but at some point you're just adding another headache because if you can't trade the yes if you're just trading for another mid-round or like a mid-first round pick you're just adding headaches because look at what happened to boston like you can't draft all these guys and sometimes you can't trade all these picks and once you make that selection it is all of a sudden worthless because all of a sudden, when you draft someone like R.J. Hunter with a late first-round pick, mm-hmm. that becomes worthless. Now it's just someone that you have to pay and you have to play a, on your G League team for three years. Yeah. So I would say I'm only at this point, because again, like go look at the, at the images of all the picks that Sam Presti has acquired. Mm-hmm. At this point, if we're not making a deal to acquire either a young player or a super high asset, like why bother? Well, I mean, the asset could be... I mean, they've, they've done this before. They did this with Eric Maynard, where they traded for Eric Maynard and Matt, Matt Hartbrink. They said, hey, we'll, we'll take that contract off your hands. You just have to give us Eric Maynard. And they did. Yeah. I mean, and, stuff like... But again, like, that's trading for a rookie who you're not going to have to pay for three years. It's great. It's you great. got it. You have to pay someone. Alex, why are you so worried about this? I don't know it's why you're so I'm, worried about it's this. It's not I'm worried about it. It's like... What is the best way to use this cap space? Could you absorb contracts? Yes. Yeah. But as we mentioned, next year, a ton of teams are going to have cap space. Are there? If this isn't like back in 2017 when you were coming off the summer of 2016 where, when everyone got like super drunk and gave away all their money <laughs> to all these players and you had a ton of like Evan Turner's and Lulal Deng's. You don't really have that anymore. There aren't like the truly terrible contracts are the tr- contracts you do not want which are like the Kevin Loves or the John Wall. The, those yeah. like mid-tier bad contracts, there just aren't as many of them, and I don't think they're as damaging to these teams. Now, maybe there's a team who's like so close to clearing enough cap space to make a big move. Maybe that, that situation comes up. That, yeah. that very well could happen, but I just wouldn't count on it in the same way you could count on it a few years ago. Yeah, and, I just think and it's so all knowing about that it's like it's all about is giving though. Kelly Oubre giving a twenty five year old wing who can score points and shoot like why not I'm just I'm not saying it's my preferred I'm just saying yeah. if it happens I totally get it yeah I wouldn't count on it happening is all I'm saying really well we'll see we'll see won't we we will see I just don't if think you're wrong I'm gonna fleet say. about it you better you better do something I'm gonna blow you up on fleets. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just wouldn't be surprised to see them try to get somebody lower cost control, longer runway of development. That's, I mean, that's where they're headed. I don't think they're ready to pay a 25-year-old $20 million a year. Because that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah, but unless you're getting back, because the other scenario is that you're bringing back some veteran who's on a long deal. Yeah, or like right? two, like two years left on like like Rubio's deal or something like that. Yeah, and if it's a veteran like Rubio who you feel is going to be good for your culture, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but if you're just trading for like a disgruntled veteran who would much rather be somewhere else, and you're basically just counting down the days until you buy him out, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I'd personally just rather give Kelly Oubre some money for these next few years when we're not going to be paying anyone anyways. Would you do Oubre? Or, or someone like him. Would you do Oubre for James Johnson and the 17th pick? No, I wouldn't. You're nuts. I've, I've, I've thought about this. I've thought about it, and I you wouldn't do nuts. it anymore. Who cares? 17th pick, who cares at this point? We have so many 17th picks coming to us. That's Poku, man. That's the Poku trade. I think you can get to 17 without trading Kelly Oubre. What's the Kelly trade, Oubre bro? should be an asset. I think I think of him more highly than I think of Dennis Schroeder. Whoa! Wow! No. Whoa! Oh! Oh! Wow! I didn't. Okay. Just talk me into just, this. Talk me into this because I'm not there. I'm not there. Just as an asset. Because as we talked about, you're going to have to pay both of these guys a ton of money next year anyway. Schroeder is much older. He's he's three years older. Okay. He plays a position of much less need okay. in the NBA. Kelly Oubre is 24 years old. Like if you're going to give 20 million a year to one of these guys next year, I don't want to give it to either of them. But somebody is going to do it. I would rather give Let twenty million dollars a year to Kelly Oubre than than paying Dennis Schroeder. I Dennis Schroeder is the better player overall, yeah. but I just think for a young team, if you're trying to create an asset, because what if you sign Kelly Oubre and he and you can still trade him on that contract? Obviously, you don't want to like overpay him, but I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see because if overpay. they trade him before the draft or they trade him before the season, who cares? But if yeah. he gets into the season. He's going to have a really good shot to show off. No doubt. And that's and that is probably the more likely deal is that they keep him. They let him average 25 points per night, let him take as many shots as he wants, whatever. I I, I mean he's not a long-term piece for this team. He's not. <laughs> I don't understand why you hate him so much. Have you seen? He has beautiful eyes. He's great. He's a Valley Boy. Like he created the Valley Boy stuff. Can you can you even imagine what he could do for Oklahoma City Thunder marketing and design? We, okay, we, we have this have, asset on our team and now. Baisley and we had Russell Westbrook. Did they do anything? Don't don't start with that. <laughs> don't you dare start with that because you know that's not true. Uh, maybe because they weren't the true swag kings. We're wow. bringing the the ultimate swag king in. He was the first to sign with Converse, first to have his own shoe that he totally designed by himself. Yeah. This is good for Oklahoma City design, okay? Yeah. He's I mean, does it does it bother you at all that Kelly Oubre didn't play in the bubble and the Suns didn't miss him at all? Oh my god. I am so I almost cursed. I'm so tired of hearing about how the Suns went 8-0 in the bubble. Who cares? It's an eight-game sample. You could have done that eight-game sample in November, and no one would have cared. Everyone would have cared for like two weeks. And every single analysis I hear of the Chris Paul trade is like, if you had Chris Paul to that 8-0 bubble team, it's like, it was eight games. Who cares? I Why care? do we care so much about this? It matters. What, everyone, I mean, what, you act like it doesn't matter. It does matter. It's not that it doesn't matter, but it doesn't mean that those eight games are representative of anything. You have to look at the entire picture. That team was terrible early in the year. It's much more likely that they are somewhere in between how they played in November versus how they played in the bubble. It's less likely that they're, for some magical reason, like going to be the same bubble team. You yourself have talked about how a lot of the things in the bubble might have been a mirage. For sure. Everyone kind of agrees on that, except when it comes to the Phoenix Suns. It's like, well, this is definitely real. This is, I don't this think is so real. Trust me, I don't think I don't think it's real, but I just don't think that it's... It's not a coincidence that their chemistry and everything got a little bit better. I just don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's uh, not a coincidence that they maybe ran into some teams who weren't starting their uh, full rosters and they just happened to be in this artificial setting and just got a couple good breaks and won eight games. They were losing to those teams anyways, though, during the regular season, weren't they? Yeah, but they were still a, like people were talking about the Suns as a competitive team during the year. Like they hit a couple clutch shots in the bubble that could have easily swung that to like six for and sure. two or five and three. Oh, for sure. And it's yeah, in a, yeah, yeah. So I I I hate hearing the eight no bubble. It doesn't mean anything. Wow. 
I haven't seen you. I haven't heard you that passionate about something in a long time. I'm sick. I'm sick of hearing about those sons. <laughs> I, it's just that there, there are certain takes that are being overused right now. Yeah. And that is one of them. The eight, no sons. The other one is like the, which I tweeted about was like, there's only one ball. There's only one ball in, in, in Brooklyn. Well, they, are they going to add another ball? Everyone says it. Like they're the first one to ever think of it. It's like, we all get it. We all know. Yeah, we we're on the same page. There's only one ball. If you're going to talk about next Brooke, take, if you want to talk about the potential Brooklyn trio, I mean, you have to talk about defense, right? Like that's not like obviously the ball. They're going to figure out the offense. I'm not worried about the offense. I'd worry about the defense. I'd worry, and then what you really should worry about is the personalities that these three men possess. Like those are the, those are your real concerns. I'm with you that the one ball thing is not is not a concern. Just because we've done that before. I mean, we did it with Chris Paul and James Harden. And yeah. like that first year, they were incredible together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I just, I don't buy the one ball thing. Cause I do think these guys have all played on Olympic teams together. Like mm-hmm. they're going to figure that part out. Mm-hmm. Sh- really shouldn't be worried about that. Yeah. But yeah, the, the personality part I, I think is real. Just yeah. cause those guys have to prove that they can be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I also back to the back to our Kelly Oubre argument. I still oh think that the, the Thunder are in a position where they are trying to just take swings. We talked about taking swings at twenty five and twenty eight. Like they're going to continue to just try to take swings year after year after year until they connect with something very good, cost controlled through a long period of time. Uh, Kelly Oubre just doesn't check those boxes. So I think that, and he's a guy, I think he does hold value in the league. I don't think that that's incorrect, but um, I would just say that that he doesn't exactly check all like the thunder boxes. And I know a lot of people like him. I'm not saying that you shouldn't like him, but I'm just saying like, just be aware that he may not check. And people are saying some of the same stuff about Schroeder. I was getting tweets about Schroeder the day before the trade or even the day of the trade, like, couldn't this guy have been a guy that we could build around and keep around with the guys? And it's like, okay, you're missing it. Like you yeah. missed it. It's, it's gone. See, I agree with, I agree with that. I mean, I, for two reasons, one, his position to his age and the likely contract you're going to have to pay him. I just feel differently with Ubre because he is so much younger and he is a wing. It's sort of like a, why not for me? Like it, this isn't a good example of, because it didn't turn out well, but it kind of reminds me of the Kings like re-signing Harrison Barnes, which isn't a good example because I don't think that turned out well. But I think it's the exact example. Keep it, going. It, it keep is going. I don't. I don't know how, what you're trying to talk me into now, but keep going. <laughs> I'm saying you have this opportunity to create an asset, an asset that you can include as part of a future trade. Okay. And I would rather do that with someone like a Kelly Oubre who teams might actually want as opposed to just trading for contracts that are essentially dead weight and you're just including them where the assets you're going to be giving up are the picks that you're including with that contract. Like if you re-sign Kelly Oubre, you have created an asset. And if you didn't, then you shouldn't sign him. But if you do sign him to a long-term deal, you have now created an asset that potentially another team would actively want to trade for, whereas they're not going to want to actively trade for whatever dumb, you know, expiring contract mm-hmm. that, that you get. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we'll I, see. I would. We'll see. I would say I think the Thunder see it a little differently, but um, not not my uh, not my Thunder sources. Not yours. <laughs> they see it the exact same way. They've been yeah. telling me. They've been commenting on my fleets. It's it's all. I mean, everything is all about trying to get top ten level talent in the NBA. That's what it th- that's what this is all about. That's what this a- asset acquisition is all about. This is why they're trying to get as many picks as they can. And you can pack. I mean, they would probably they can't take all the guys that they have now, but they can certainly package those picks and trade them. And if they do happen to get one or two of those guys in the next three years, great. Then you can start trading those picks for players, and hopefully they get a little bit better players than they did the last time around with K 
Cantor and Dion and and those guys. Hopefully, it's closer to um, like the Jeremy Drew Grants, Holiday, Drew, Drew Holiday, the Jeremy <laughs> Grants of the world. But I mean, if the Thunder get to a spot where they have to try to keep somebody and they trade three picks, like right now, if you're Milwaukee, you're kind of like, oh crap! Like we just if this doesn't work out, this kind of screws us over. And they're Milwaukee apparently is extremely confident that they're going to keep him, but. If, if it doesn't work out, then they're screwed. The Thunder, if they trade three picks and get a guy like Drew Holiday in a trade back, I mean, it's just it's just a drop in the bucket, man. There's just That's a, a part of the reason why you do it. Hey, before we move on, although we may never move on from Kelly Oubre, the Fluky commented, have you seen the photoshops of the new players that were created two months ago? Did you see that? No. So I guess it was on uh, the Thunder's Instagram Um where they would have like mock-ups of the players in the, their new jerseys. Yeah. And the one for, at least for Kelly Oubre, I'm sure it was for the other ones as well. Up in the top left corner, it said like two from two months ago in your camera roll. Are you serious? Like, yeah. As if like, it wasn't just created. Is it still like that? It, uh, I don't know. Cause I don't, get on Instagram and I also don't follow them on Twitter and don't support my team's uh, social media in any way. Yeah. It's not there. But uh, I thought, I thought that was, there's, there's images of it on Twitter. I just thought it was really interesting. I mean, maybe they do that for a ton of likely deals just to have it done. Probably. Oh, Fluky says it's on Snapchat and it's still there. Oh, see, I'm not on Snapchat. My mom is go to Reddit. Joke 420 tells us go to Reddit. <laughs> I just, but the thing about stuff like that for me is, uh, and I guess I just need to, I need to activate a Snapchat account and go check it out. But, um, I mean, you can put anything on Reddit and Photoshop it. Just put that deal there and throw it out there, right? You could, but that's like such a lame thing to spend your time doing, it, at least in this instance. We're talking about Reddit. I know, but I saw I saw it. I, I did see it, and who I I think it makes sense because that would explain why we never really heard rumblings of any other team. Mm-hmm. We we never heard like the Milwaukee Bucks are in active discussions with Oklahoma City Thunder about Chris Paul. We yeah. didn't hear anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was dead silent, and the only name we ever heard was the Suns, and then it turned out to be the Suns. Yeah. I'm just saying maybe it was in the works, Andrew. I think I think you can I think it's safe to say it's been in the works for a while. Yeah. Because they know they've wanted Kelly Oubre that long. He is foundational <laughs> to the future of the Thunder. <laughs> they've been trying to find their piece. You know what? They're ready to compete today. Like what they are we doing? Just get a couple minimum guys in here. Shea, Dort, Oubre, Bays, Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a thing that's a cool thing uh let's uh let's talk let's talk a little bit more NBA draft is there is there any anybody in the first round I mean you can I think the Thunder will try and they may not be successful but they will be trying to get into the teens I mean they would love to be in the top 10 they'd love to have the number one pick I think Maybe not every team would love to have the number one pick, especially the Minnesota Timberwolves. But I think that a lot of people would like to have the number one pick. But let's say in the teens, is there anybody that you're just stay away? Please don't draft this guy. Terrence Ferguson level hatred. Um, I, I'm really uh, skeptical on RJ Hampton. Are you? I yeah, I, and I I'm trying to. Oh, it was from the Sam Vecini. Um, comp pod yeah the discussion they had on that about rj hampton just really made me want to steer away <laughs> yeah and uh so i don't i don't know so something about rj hampton is uh, freaking me out a little bit yeah he freaked me out initially uh i've warmed up a little bit he has worked out for a long time with mike miller which same thing darius basley did before the draft last year uh, which doesn't like instantly make you a great player, but his shooting form has improved. And the thing that's keeping him from being a, a really nice player is shooting. I mean, that's the thing that's keeping him from, from getting there. So to me, if he can work out his shot, then I think that we're in a, 
in a much better place with RJ Hampton. But he could end up being nothing because he can't shoot. So there's there's reason to not like him. Anybody else in that in that range? I'm the rest of these the rest of these guys. No, I mean the rest of these guys. I feel pretty equal about. Yeah. Um, cause I, I've listened to enough draft pods where I've heard enough positive about every single one of these guys. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's really the people that I've heard the least about that I'm the most skeptical of, but yeah. there's probably, I mean, that's, there's no good reason for that. Uh, I'm not a Jalen Smith guy. I'll say that. I just don't see the starter potential for Jalen Smith. Uh, he's got to shoot it really, really, really well. And I don't know if he can do that. Uh, not a Cole Anthony guy. Uh, I don't like a guy that just jacks up a ton of bad shots and at a very inefficient clip um, and doesn't have great size, doesn't have great athleticism. Not a Cole Anthony guy. Um, I don't love Josh Green for the Thunder because he's probably because he's like very Thunder and that he's like this 3 and D wing and maybe he shoots it well, maybe he doesn't. I'm not, I'm not huge on him. Um, let's see. Not a huge Kira Lewis Jr. guy either. He's blazing fast though. Uh, but I, I don't know the Thunder would get his in his range anyways. But, mm. uh, so let's say the Thunder did trade for seventeen. Let's say they traded Kelly Oubre for seventeen. No. Favorite player. What if they traded Danny Green and twenty five for seventeen? Yeah, sure. Who cares? Yeah, great. <laughs> Who cares? Okay, okay. Danny Green and twenty five for seventeen, just so that we don't get into our Kelly Oubre argument again. Uh, who are you crossing your fingers? They're on the clock. Clock is ticking down. Do 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 do. Out walks Adam Silver. Who do you hope he he says? What name do you want to hear? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Um, At 17, it's probably too big of a drop, but if, uh, if Killian Hayes for some reason had dropped that far, you would feel like ex- you would be excited. Yeah. That's a far drop. But... Um, and, and the only other guy would be Pokushevsky. Like Poku. who that, who's the, who that I'm going to get excited about? Mm-hmm. Cause all these other guys, I'm, I would definitely talk myself into anyone. Let's be honest. Yeah. But Pokushevsky is just who we've heard been connected, which of course, like when was the last time we've heard someone be this connected to the thunder? Terrence. Terrence. Okay. I was trying to think what they, cause the, I know Reggie Jackson got a promise, but I don't feel like that was confirmed before draft night that it was definitely the thunder. We just knew that he had gotten a yeah. promise and had assumed that it was the thunder. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of all in on Pokushevsky, not because I feel particularly great about him, but just because he's been the player we've been focused on this whole time. So it almost feels like a win just if they're able to move up and get their guy. Yeah. I think he's their guy. I don't know if they'll be able to do it. I don't know if that pick is up for grabs or not. But, I mean, even Danny Green for the Wolves, if you're trying to win. That's, I mean, that's a nice piece for them. And you still give him 25. Would you give up 25 in that trade? Or 28? Would you give up, Isaiah, up. Would you give up Isaiah Stewart in that deal to move up? Wow. wow. That's really what we're asking. Really pushing my buttons today. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we, we just saw what the, the Knicks did. So the Knicks moved from 27 to 23 and it cost them their second rounder. Yeah. So why did they I, th- do I think that? what, why did they do that? 
I don't know. They must like someone and were worried that the Denver... See, I think they might be into Pokushevsky because there was some reporting that the Denver Nuggets were willing to take a swing on Pokushevsky and they're at 20... Where are they at? The Denver, we have the Nuggets pick. Oh, you're right. I mean, maybe in a trade, but I don't think Denver even has a... I don't think Denver has a pick in this draft. Period. Oh, Woj just tweeted that moving up four spots to number 23 strengthens the Knicks' ability to package that and number eight to target a pick or player above them on the board tonight. Okay, well, that's why. Huh. What are they doing? Uh, oh, Denver has the number 22 pick. Oh, so they still... Oh, yeah, yeah, them, there so it is. I'm sorry. Never mind. Yeah, 22. Um, yeah, I wonder who the, who the Knicks are trying to move up to get. I don't know. I would be ter- just mortified if I were... Wasn't the Knicks have never been? I, I feel like the Knicks have never been movers and shakers. They always just sit and wait very patiently at their mid lottery round pick, and then someone goes one or two spots right before them that they really wanted, and then they get disappointed. Unless it's the zinger, yeah, the zinger. What a great pick! That's a great pick, Phil Jackson. Great mind. What a great mind. Uh, let's see. The box of cereal says. I have a feeling T. Ferg is going to blossom next season. Anybody else get with very positive thinking? That is very positive. I actually kind of respect that. Um, On the other side, Aaron Yant wants uh, Terrence to be traded. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Let's see. Anything else from the draft tonight that that intrigues you? you If you were the Minnesota Timberwolves, let's say you're not trading out. Who are you taking number one? Well, I do think it's very interesting that just within the last week, a lot of the big mocks have all of a sudden switched from LaMelo Ball to Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Um, Because I think Anthony Edwards was the more obvious pick after they initially won the draft lottery just from positional need. Yeah. Um, But then there there seemed to be a huge shift towards LaMelo Ball within the last like month. Mm -hmm. But then just in the last week, it shifted back to Anthony Edwards. So... I don't know if that means that it's signaling a trade or something. I think there will be at least one made up from one of those teams. So either the Hornets or the Cavs or whoever. um, Trading up to get whoever their guy is and wanting to make sure they get him. Mm -hmm. And so I almost think that the uh, Timberwolves might not be picking at number one. It's very possible. I, I... Edwards if they could is, somehow is a popular name, if, no. if they could replicate the Luka Doncic trade mm-hmm. from the Atlanta Hawks perspective, I think this is a year where it might make a lot of sense for them, especially because they gave up their pick next year to the Warriors. Yeah. Well, if you're the the Hornets, if you do get Lamelo, if Lamelo does fall to you, then you're probably not trading for Russell Westbrook, right? <laughs> I would imagine so, but. Doesn't seem like a good combo on paper. On paper. Then you're already play, playing three point guards, which is fine. Like Lamelo's, it's fine to play him with other point guards because he's six. Hey, we've already, we've already moved on to like the, uh, the classic John Wall trade. Dude, what did you think about that when you heard that? I mean, not surprised at all yeah. because when you start going through assets that can get you to that amount really quickly and where you won't have to give up an asset in return. Yeah. It's a short list. And John Wall heads up that list. Yeah. And for the Rockets, from the Rockets perspective, if this all does go down and they trade James Harden, which who knows, but if they trade James Harden and now they're trying to get off of Russell Westbrook, if you could do a deal where you're getting something back, I think you have to do it. Yeah. And so if that means trading for John Wall's contract and you're getting something back from the Wizards, and then, kind of like we did with Chris Paul, if you could build up John Wall's value over this next year, maybe you could flip him next offseason. I do want to bring up something, though, about... Uh, we, we talked about on the pod last time how we like the Nets deal because we felt like they were getting enough good players back where they weren't going to be doing a true tank. True. You know, they'd probably be... Out of the playoffs, but not one of the worst teams in the league. I've yeah. changed my tune on this, Andrew. 
What's your tune? Changed my tune what's completely. Tune? What's your tune, bro? My tune now, which a lot of <laughs> down to dunkers on Twitter, they, they help me see the light. Yeah. It's like, we actually do want the Rockets to tank. We want them to be as bad as possible mm-hmm. because even if they are the worst team in the league, which would be really hard to do with all the trash in the East, even if they were the worst worst team in the league, they still only have a 52.1% chance of staying in the top four. Yeah. So in every scenario, you would take a 50-50 coin flip at getting like the fifth or sixth pick over... Like if they end up at the in the ninth spot, I think it's something like a ninety or like a, a less than a ten percent chance you jump into the top four. Yeah. So in that scenario, you have over a ninety percent chance of keeping that pick, but it's either going to be nine or ten if someone jumps from behind them. Mm-hmm. I think you always go for that 50-50 shot, right? Mm-hmm. So we yeah. want them to tank, and so my re- initial reaction to the Covington trade was completely backwards because. I saw that trade as a sign of we are ready to tank. We are ready to blow this all up. Unlike some Houston Rockets Twitter accounts that seem to think that Trevor Reza is like a could be a good stopgap over this year. I think Trevor Reza is so much worse than Robert Covington. <laughs> and I, I viewed that trade ever. totally different. I saw that <laughs> trade as like a, an absolute signal that they are willing to blow it up this year. And so now I'm yeah. happy. Yeah. Because that's good. That's that's I've I've changed my brain. That is a good thing now. We want them to be as bad as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I think James Harden will be traded. I don't... Maybe he suits up in a Rockets uniform for a few weeks, but I think he's I think he's as, as good as gone from there. And then Russell. I mean, that's... The Russell conversation is, is much more complicated, but back to your wanting them to tank. I mean, you could wind up... The Thunder... Who knows how bad that they can get over the course of the next few weeks. This is another reason why I want them to trade Kelly Oubre because I want them to be super terrible. <laughs> and I don't think Kelly Oubre, I don't think he pulls oh, so you that You think Kelly Oubre is too good. You think he's too good. I think, yeah. You just said it. I do. I think <laughs> that he's too good. Um, I think he pulls you to the middle. I think he's he's a he's a middle player. He keep, pulls you to the middle, keeps you in the middle kind of guy. Uh, that's those are not the kind of players that you want on your team, and that's why they may look to trade him as well because you may just be like, yeah, let's maybe let's let's see if Terrence Ferguson can blossom, just like the box of cereal wants us to do. Like, let's just see. No. <laughs> Twenty four shots for Ferguson night. Who cares? I mean, they're not going to do that, but uh, know, he's not going to do that. No, he won't. He'd be mortified to do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just. You could wind up with two top seven picks, and then you're taking two of those guys that everybody's saying that you know all se- there's seven guys, and I I don't know enough, and I can't speak to it well enough to say that this is 100 percent true. I don't think that really anybody can yet. I think we need to see another year of these guys. But if there are truly seven game changing, franchise changing players, and you get two of them to pair with Shea to pair with Dort, to pair with Bayes, to pair with Kelly Oubre. Then you're ready to go, right? Yeah, and when you look at the haul from the Rockets, so there's there's two picks that are top four protected. There's the pick swap next year that's top four protected, and then there's another pick swap that's top ten protected. Yeah. Correct? So you basically have three picks that are top four protected. So even if in those scenarios, the Rockets are the worst team in the league, you have a 50-50 shot on each of those picks. I know. I I don't remember the equation, but we can do the math. Someone in the comments, do the math. If you have three chances at a 50-50, what are the chances? What what were the odds that you don't get any of those? I think it's very low. I think it's 50-50. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, Jay Smith uh, in the chat. What's up, Jay? Jay uh, says, you think OKC could trade Ubre to the Knicks for the eighth pick to get Obi Toppin? Gosh, that is like my nightmare. That is like a hey, at least, nightmare. At least Jay is aiming high. He's aiming high for Ubre. <laughs> that is just my absolute nightmare to trade up to eight and be like, oh, yes. And then he, then Adam Silver walked up to the podium and says, hey, Thunder take Obi Toppin. No! No! 
That would be my response. If you're wondering, I do not do not want Obi Toppin. I like he's a cool guy. He's got no neck, can shoot it. Not my guy though. That's where I. I mean, that's where I would if a Kong Wu falls. Oh boy, I think Jay agrees with me on on a Kong Wu on there. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Anything else, Alex? It's it's draft day. This uh, this whole pod will be completely irrelevant yeah. in just a few hours. Um. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot. We haven't even talked about what the Bucks did. Um. In in general, I was just excited that a small market team went that hard in for winning a championship. Yeah. And I I think you can definitely make the case that they gave up way too much, and I would agree. Yeah. But I just appreciate seeing another small market team going for it. Yeah. Because ultimately, if you get that ring, nothing else matters. It's true. It will never it will never matter ever again. And if you don't get the ring, you will still have my respect. Yeah. Because at least you tried. Yeah. They they're trying. And they're better today. Now they have I mean, they didn't really have any creators around Giannis before. But now they do. Now they have two. Two guys that can get the shot. (laughs) The fluky just answered my math question. So these three picks, top four protected, even if Houston in all three scenarios ends up being the worst team in the league, they only have a 50-50 shot of getting the, keeping those picks each time. For them to keep all three picks, the odds are 12.5%, which wow. means that there is an 87.5% chance that OKC would get at least one of those picks. They're getting, yeah. If, in, in that scenario. They'll get one. That, that made me feel good. That is very exciting. Shoot, man. This this is great. I mean, seeing the Rockets implode like this is very good. And them having to turn potentially turn over a very... I mean, you're really just hoping it's the 2021, right? Because then you have, you have the chance to take Thunder's top pick and the Rockets' top pick and turn it into the future of the Thunder. And the def- how deflating would it be for the Rockets to go all out for the tank this year. Yeah. <laughs> and then to be stuck with the Miami Heat pick, which will probably be like 25 or whatever. <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, that, that is devastating. It is. It's absolutely devastating. And just like, I mean, outside of, of these game-changing guys, I mean, it's uh, it's great. It's great. I don't know what you do if you're the Rockets, though. Because then if you do, if you're like, yeah, we don't want to do that. We want to be mediocre. And still the Thunder could wind up with whatever they get if they get the fourth pick and 13, you know. Yeah. Which is still, like, that's still not bad to have. But, yeah, it's, uh, man, it's it's outstanding. Box, Box of Serial asks a good question. If we don't use the Houston pick swaps during the respective years, do they just disappear essentially? So next year they wouldn't disappear because you'll you get the Miami pick in the scenario where the Rockets stay in the top four, correct? Because mm-hmm. we get the two best of those picks. Yes. So if the Houston ends up being the worst team in the league, they get the number two pick. We don't get it. We still get the extra Miami pick. So we're going to have two picks next year regardless. Yeah. And then down the road, I'm less sure. Down the road, I think we might just lose it if it's uh, in the top 10. But that's just for the pick swaps. Mm-hmm. Just for the pick swaps. The picks... I think the picks turn into two seconds if somehow yes. they're within that in that window. Which is not great, which is which is why that Suns pick is so much better, because it will just eventually be a first round pick if it's not in twenty twenty two. So that's that's how you and, and do it, it. And the reason people don't trade picks like that, especially one like the Suns pick that has so many prote- protections year after year after year is it makes it very hard for those teams to now trade an additional pick. Yeah. Because they have this outstanding uh, balance, this trade pick balance that they have to extinguish before they could trade another pick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Smith says 87% is what Obi's going to shoot from the three-point line this year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, we, we got to give uh, Jay the wrong URL for uh, <laughs> the draft party tonight. I, I, I can't stand to listen to this much Obi Toppin talk. I know. And let me be clear. I think Obi Toppin will win Rookie of the Year. 
I, I'm, let me put myself in two in two different camps, which is probably the same camp as most people are in. I think he's going to be crazy productive. I think he's going to be great. I just don't think he's like a building block for a championship team. I just think he's going to be crazy productive. Jay, actually, I can stop you, Jay. There's this thing I can do where I can put you in timeout as the administrator here. I'll put you, but I won't do it. I won't do that to Jay. But uh, I will pray every morning that I never meet Obi Toppin in a, in an arena because, like, yeah, maybe maybe he'll hear about it. He's also older than Stephen <laughs> Adams. Yeah, good call, Jay. Oh man, uh, Alex. Okay, final prediction, Alex. What do the Thunder do tonight in the NBA at the NBA draft, the virtual NBA draft? Mm. What do they do? Yes. Do they pick in these two picks in the twenties? Are they trading up? And then, who's your prediction as to who they're going to get? I think they are going to make a trade with the Dallas Mavericks for the number 18 pick. I think they're going to send them Danny Green and one of our other picks, let's say the 28. So Danny Green, 28th pick to move up to 17, or sorry, 18. And in this scenario, Poku will have dropped and he'll be available at 18 and they will move up to get him. We will not have to give up Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre will be on this team Tomorrow morning. <laughs> Kelly Oubre teaching Alexi Pokushevsky how to MBA. Yes. They're going to do a collab on our next jersey. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be the greatest jersey of all time. <laughs> I do think that Oubre and SGA would probably be big buds. They both seem to have similar personalities. Um, yeah, and, and we would fall in love. And then the Thunder would trade them. And then the Thunder would immediately trade them once our love begins. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think that they're going to make a trade up to try to get Poku. Or if they're able to aim higher than that, I think that they will also be trying to do that. I don't know if they'll be able to. But it feels like you can get a pick in the teens, especially for Danny Green or somebody like that. I feel like that's certainly possible. Uh because, I mean, it's just funny. The Thunder have been trying to acquire wings this whole time for years and years and years. And suddenly they have them, and they're probably both going to be gone within the span of the next few months. And it's set up so well for a Mavs trade just because we all know the Mavs want to keep their 21 cap space free. Both of those guys, you know, Ubre or Danny Green, are on expirings. So it's just a really nice fit for them to maintain what they did last year yeah. but not have to commit to any future money yeah and you still get a draft pick yeah so it's not called in not all is lost mavs who would you like dwight powell is that who you're taking back oh i didn't even think about that part <laughs> you got to think about that part mm. delon Wright. prefer not to think about that yeah sure delon Wright. yeah yeah that, Whatever. They, they like Anyone. Dwight Powell. They like Dwight Powell. You're very averse to Dwight Powell. Why is that? Uh, no, I, I feel like the Mavericks really like Dwight Powell. Yeah. I don't feel like they would, would give him up. Yeah. Yeah. DeLon Wright, Justin Jackson for Danny Green and 25. I think that makes sense. 28. 28. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Either one. Uh, yeah, it does. It's called negotiation. I just did it, and I won, <laughs> and you gave you you gave in. I did. I gave in. I'd like to have a shot at making Poku into a real player, because there's the, that's the thing is like it will be very exciting if they do get him, but man, there is a chance that he is just a guy <laughs> that is nothing, and then is here for like a couple years, and then goes back to Europe. Yeah, he could be our uh, Yijan Leon. He could be our Yijan Leon. Who, by the way, I watched a YouTube video on Jean Leon. Yeah. Did and you? I totally forgotten that he had like, he had a stretch when he when he was with the Nets where like things were looking up. Yeah. And it, it was probably only two weeks, but it was like a legit, it was kind of like how Darko at some point started to put up like crazy stats on Memphis. Yeah. For like a very short period of time and like yeah. everyone rushed to grab him in fantasy. I just had forgotten that yeah. about Yee. Yeah. Yeah. He's also got a chance to be good. Because he guys he does have a, a just a strange skill set for a guy that's seven feet tall. And he just he moves really good. And that's what I really like about him because most seven footers, even talking about Jalen Smith, you like watch Jalen Smith 
run. It's like, oh, this is a stiff. Like this dude's stiff. Uh, Poku's not a stiff. That's what. That's what I. That's maybe what I like most about him is just the way that he moves around the court. Because I think that you can, in the right setting, with a guy like Mark Degnault. I mean, Mark Degnault could be the Poku whisperer. We just don't know. We just don't he, know. He could. And maybe maybe he is just like proto-Chet. We're just using Pokushevsky to learn how to to develop a guy who looks like that. <laughs> and then in the 2022 draft, we get Chet. Dude. The, the, the 2.0 version of Poku. And now we already know how to develop this guy perfectly. I'd run laps around my house if we got Chet in the draft. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Uh, yes, all, all the, for whatever re- I guess it's just because the future drafts have people have guys in it that people are already super excited about. Yeah. But there's so many guys coming down the pike who I am like, I want to watch their high school games. I know. I know. I'm already trying to see if I can get media credentials at OSU for, for this season to just go, go watch. That would be awesome. <laughs> Just to, and they're probably not going to get Kate anyways. <laughs> but still, I mean, it's just, man, this is the time. I mean, the last few years, I mean, you have the Zion and the Luca draft for sure. But like this year, if you've ex- if you're a team that has like experienced like the pain of tanking, because I mean, a lot of those fan bases did like they had to endure it, and then you get to the finish line, and it's this. It's like, oh boy. What are we doing here? Like it's a yeah. Like, I mean, uh, the ultimate version of that was the Bobcats having like the worst season in NBA history, and then getting that number two pick and taking MKG. MKG dude. Like, uh, probably made them change their name. That sequence of events alone. Pain. <laughs> it's like we we cannot be the Bobcats. We cannot be associated with this shame anymore. I know suffering. The Thunder have somehow, like, in the midst of some of the most unlucky times in human history, have lucked, have lucked into a year where, one, it's a great year to tank because of the draft. It's also a great year to tank because you're not going to upset your fans because your fans can't be there anyways. And also, there are so many disputes going on with Fox Sports OK right now. Nobody, maybe nobody can watch the games. Maybe, oh, really? Is maybe, that for real? Yes. Yes, like YouTube TV doesn't have it. Um, Dish doesn't have it. Uh, I don't know if DirecTV does. Uh, I know Cox like might be the only one that has it. And League Pass, you can't do it because it would be blacked out anyway. So very limited number of people even watching your guy, Kelly Oubre, take a billion shots. Very limited wow. amount of people able to get into the arena. <laughs> You're going to have to subscribe to the Oklahoman and read the box scores the next morning. I mean, I find out what happened i'll be i'll be at the games and i'll just periscope the whole game i'll just hold my phone up just following along hey last before we go i thought there's a good question okay cody mankin which lottery pick slides the farthest thinking back to how nasir little fell last year oh who who would be your pick so somebody maybe in like the mid to late lottery where they're currently and this is the the perfect year for this to happen yeah because all these all of these positions are pretty fluid. Mm-hmm. Maybe Devin Vassell. And I feel false. I was just about to say. I feel like it starts at number ten. Yeah. With uh, Vassell. Because I mean, you look at these other guys: Edwards, Wiseman, Ball, Denny, Obi, Halliburton, Patrick Williams, Okoro, Okongwu. I just don't think any of them will fall that far. Yeah, I'd be shocked if any of those guys fell. Yeah, you get to Vassell and it's like, like, okay. Like, I can see the Suns being like, eh, we'd rather have somebody else. And then the Spurs and the Kings and then the Pelicans. And then maybe he he doesn't get past the Celtics because they might like to have another wing. But maybe he keeps falling. Maybe he falls all the way to our to our, and even if you're the Rockets, like he's not a guy that you're wanting to build around. He's a guy that you want to add to like a good team, which makes me think about the Celtics, um, or even the like the Kings isn't a bad fit for him. But yeah, he he would be my guy that would really slip, and he, possibly RJ Hampton as well could slip, just because maybe people don't believe in the shooting, right. Uh, Aaron Naismith, James Anderson says Aaron Naismith could fall. Yeah, he's already kind of slipped. I mean, he could slip into the 20s, I guess. But he can really, really, really shoot and can shoot off of movement. 
And so I would, I would take a chance on him. Especially if you're, I mean, if you're a good team, I mean, if you're Philly, I'd probably take him. Just because they need shooting badly. That's 20, yeah. That's 21. I'd have a hard time. Sam Mazzini, uh, he has them going currently to the Nets, which I think makes sense. At 19. Yeah. 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 You freak out over the Bruce Brown trade for the Nets? Oh, baby. You know I did. <laughs> was that the first trade? Uh, the first trade was, was Schroeder. Oh, yeah. I guess it was Schroeder. Um, no, I have no opinion on anything Detroit related. Yeah. That's probably the right thing to say. All right. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Thanks for everybody that followed along on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the, like the videos. Share the videos. Share the feed. That would be great. Uh, hope you guys have a wonderful day. Enjoy the draft. And we'll talk to you guys tonight. Make sure that you tune in. We will have, we'll be live on YouTube during the draft. So make sure that you uh, get in the chat. Join us tonight, the box of cereal and everybody else that joined us this morning. Join us tonight, too. We'll be there. Uh, so make sure you join us. Have a wonderful day. And we'll talk to you guys again in just a few hours. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.